42. I'm oh, for, 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 I'm sorry, Acts 2, 42. Acts 2, 42 is like the fifth scripture down on your outline. Acts 2, 42. Amen. And uh, we're going to read this passage. You ready? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to breaking of bread and Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. Powerful text. Thankful to God. Amen. Uh, you can be seated. Praise God for you. Excuse me. Thanks for the blessings. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2019 is here. Yeah. Amen. Good to see your faces in the house. Had a beautiful service on New Year's Eve. Kicked it off beautifully. The presence of God was in this place. We laughed. You know, we had fun. We had fellowship. We worshiped. And we broke from the bread of life. Amen. And uh, so we're starting a brand new year. I'm sure many of you have made, you know, some resolutions or at least some uh, commitments to uh, have an about face. Amen, somebody. In some area, in some aspect of your life. And uh, with God on your side, you can do it. Amen. Amen. But if you just think it's going <laughs> it's going to be based on your uh, your willpower, willpower will always let you down. Amen somebody. We need God on our side. And in order to have God on our side, we got to choose his side, and that's what this series is about, choosing sides. Amen. Choosing sides. And so we're going to talk about that today. How do we choose Sides. Amen. Uh, the text that I read you is really, uh, that we read, is, is a radical text. Because what it says that these believers, these folk who started following Christ, these first-time Christ followers, uh, it was this immediate reaction they had to subscribing to and believing on Jesus. Uh, they, were, uh, they were affected radically uh, and by this encounter with Jesus to such an extent that they began to believe that unity was important. Amen? That they needed to be unified in heart and in mind. That this connection with Christ caused a downplaying of individuality, 
of, you know, selfish pursuits, of uh, this rugged individualism that we're a part of, the pursuit of happiness in this culture, would be foreign uh, to what they embraced. Amen? And so as a result of their faith, as a result of their connection with Jesus Christ, they made a choice. Uh, like Joshua, he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen? And as a result of that commitment and conviction, it's a conviction, amen, uh, it's heartfelt, it should be passionate, what we feel, uh, there were some lifestyle changes that took place. Amen, somebody. And in a time when, you know, we want <laughs> the cookie-cutter approach to achieving a certain lifestyle, affluence, affluence, uh, uh, you know, connection, uh, you know, stuff and things, all these kinds of things. You know, we want more, amen? There's this uh, avarice and this greed and this appetite that's running rampant in our culture. You know, we've taken this, the Christmas season, we say Jesus is the reason for the season, but we made it into a gift-giving and a consumerized endeavor uh, where it, it's become a materialistic deal. Amen, somebody. The very opposite of what Jesus was about. Jesus said, I became poor that you might be rich. Amen. Now, he also said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen, somebody. So he's concerned about our, our well-being. He is the one who provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. But too often, our needs get twisted with our greeds. Amen, somebody. Just got to have more. And as a result, it messes with, it hijacks our contentment. Amen, somebody. You know, we have Christians who are discontent on the regular, who want the same things and the same desires and the same aspirations and the same ambitions as the world, we have to spiritualize our ambitions. Amen? It's not that God doesn't want us to have things. It's not that God doesn't want us to, to climb the corporate ladder. It's not that God doesn't want us to break that perennial glass ceiling. God wants us to have things, and he wants us to achieve. He wants us to be promoted but if we leave him behind in the process, you know, we're not choosing his side. We're choosing the side of the enemy. Amen? Because the enemy came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he primarily wants to steal and kill your faith, your faithfulness, your connection with God. Amen? Misery loves company. In this instance, Satan said, I can't be connected with God anymore. I've been ousted from heaven. I want y'all to be, have the same status as me. Amen. What, what a dastardly mindset. I'm hurting, I'm hurting you. I want you to be hurting for perpetuity, throughout perpetuity, throughout eternity. I want you to be hurting. Amen. But God gives us options. And the option that he gives us is to choose him. The word says they had everything in common. So the basis of their unity was that they had one heart, one mind. Amen. Now, we all have hearts for things, passions for things, desires to do stuff, 
But it doesn't necessarily translate into, in, into prioritizing God. Amen. You know, uh, you know, some folk, they worked real hard this week. Amen, somebody. They didn't mean no harm. They just decided, instead of going to church, I'm sleeping in today. Amen. I've been unable to sleep in the rest of this week because I got this dual income going on and, you know, I got to make ends meet and God knows my heart. <laughs> Amen, somebody. He knows my heart. Amen, somebody. And so derailed by sleepy time from a commitment and a conviction and a requirement. The Word of God says, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves. Amen. That this is God's day, and we're to keep it holy. That we're to sanctify this time, earmark this time for him. And at Rejoice, you can get short church. Amen. Amen. But sometimes we walk in late and leave early. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. Amen, somebody. Old preachers say, amen, lights and walls. You know? But God says, I'm, I'm earmarking some time. I, I, got, I got some time earmarked for us to gather together in worship. I got some time earmarked for, us to, for you to access a promise. And the promise is, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. If they gather in my name, praise God, I'm, I'm earmarking some time for you to come and receive disciples' teachings, the teachings of Christ, uh, to, to, to hear a person divide, to interpret, to explain, to illustrate you know, uh, uh, from the Word of God. I, you need to hear that. You need to get that, praise God. On a regular basis, there is a life cycle, amen, just like a brand new week, a brand new opportunity for, for refreshing and refueling, and we need spiritual refreshing and refueling just like we do mentally, emotionally. Amen, amen somebody. We, we need another paycheck. Amen, somebody. We don't just need one paycheck. We need multiple paychecks. We need food. Amen. We need our aloneness needs met. We, we have to have intervals of connection that give life and health and wholeness, praise God. But we neglect this healing and wholeness principle in many instances. Amen. Some folk, they're not out doing bad, but, they, but, they, but their hobbies derail them. Amen. But tell, tell me some hobbies y'all got in here. What you got? What you got? Golf. Because a lot of people play golf on Sunday, Minister Dover. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I know you like golf, but it's a good example. What else? What kind of hobbies y'all got? Traveling? Amen. Uh, basketball, football. You know, well, 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 we may not be playing it, you know, as you get older, but, but you're watching it. You're connoisseurs. You have this voyeurism kind of mentality. You got to see it and experience it vicariously. <laughs> Amen, somebody. You know, so, so some folk, Sports Center got them this morning. They can't just see the football game. They got to see the pre-football. I'm going to let them out in time to see the football game. But they got to see the pre-show leading up to the football game. Get immersed 
in the football culture, you know. And then some folk, you know, they didn't mean no harm. Last night, they just decided, you know, they popped a bottle of wine. Amen, somebody. The cork went flying. They went to pouring. And the more they poured, the more they had to pour. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they can't make it here this morning because I'm feeling a little awkward. And, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> the alcohol is still on my breath. If I hug pastor, <laughs> by hugging this morning, the secret is out. Child, you better get you some Tic Tacs and some Listerine and come on to church. Amen, somebody. Amen. But, but that's, that's why the scripture says, you know, don't, don't overdo any of this stuff. Amen. It's best to not do any of this stuff. But if you do, don't let it derail you from the main thing. You can be derailed from church for decades because of Saturday night. Can I get a witness in the house? I got a few witnesses. I got some testimonies that I've heard from brothers in the life of the church that they got derailed from church for decades because of Saturday night. Amen? And just think, you have forfeited your connection. You have forfeited a relationship. You forfeited your spiritual growth, which is the most important growth that can happen. You forfeited your contribution to a, com a, a community. You forfeited your ability to invest in the things of God. You are not putting first things first. The word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. So this connection to hobbies, give me some more. So we got football, we got Saturday night, we got brunch. The brunch, brunch will take you out. Uh, <laughs> what else? Hmm? Fishing. Amen. You know, just out trying to get a bite. What else? Shopping. Y'all shopping on my on, on online now and stuff, you know. Y'all in the malls on Sunday? Amen. What else? Social media, just, just hanging out. Some folk, like, they, they, they enjoying us. Hey, Facebook. You should have been here, though. We enjoying you, pastors. <laughs> Amen. You, you don't have no excuse, but you're watching us on Facebook. I mean, it's a nice medium, it's a nice opportunity, it's a beautiful thing to be able to stream, and I think it's, it has its benefits, but it's nothing like being here in person. Amen. Amen, somebody. Nothing like it. Nothing like the experience. It's nothing like the camaraderie. It's nothing like the fellowship. It's nothing like the joy. It's nothing like the worship. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. To participate in what God is doing, and, and, and it's nothing like the benefits that comes as a result. Even to give. Amen. Some, you know, some folk are derailed because they don't feel like they have much to give. Do you know that? And some people don't go to church if they feel like they don't, can't have, put nothing in the offering. Amen. Listen, you can occupy these seats, believe me, and not give anything. Amen. 
Please don't let your financial situation, your financial condition, prevent you from being a worshiper. Amen. From prevent you from being in the Word. Amen. As if, you know, I gotta, I'm not coming unless I can make a donation. And feeling as though, you know, because you can't. You know, we don't know anyway. A lot of people just let these trades pass by them because they, they already gave them online. Can I get a witness in the house? We ain't going to never know that. Back in the day, you used to know. They have you run all, they'll have you come all the way around the church. The pastor be holding the tray right here. That ain't no tie. Kind of doing like Jesus did, you know, with the middles, widows. Like, ooh. You know, no, no, we, 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 we ain't trying to put no pressure on you. We don't want to twist your arms. But we'd rather you be in the house rather than having some kind of lame excuse as to why you can't connect, you know. And, and so hobbies, football, television, entertainment, vacations. I mean, vacations, we understand that. But you still need to plug in because this is still the Lord's day when you're on vacation. Even if you're on the cruise ship, they got a chapel up in there. Go in there for 30 minutes. Give God some praise, honor, and glory. Amen, somebody. It ain't going to derail your vacation. So, so it's earmarking time is important. In other words, I'm choosing sides by the decisions I make. I'm choosing sides by the commitments I make. I'm choosing sides by things I honor. I'm choosing sides by things I put first and foremost in my life. I'm choosing sides. And God wants us to, to choose the right side. And then when we choose the right side, that's when we begin to be of one heart and one mind. Amen? And one heart and one mind produces some radical stuff. It produces radical love because in this place, we learn how to love unconditionally. In this place, we learn how to extend unmerited favor. In this place, we learn how to even love our enemies. In this place, we learn how to turn the other cheek. In this place, we learn how not to vindicate ourselves. In this place, we learn how not to justify ourselves. In this place, we let God fight our battles as opposed to defending ourselves. In this case, we, in this place, we squash pride. We squash ego. Ego is easing God out. We squash arrogance. We squash being conceited. We squash the stuff that comes against the character of God, and we are seeking to be made more like him that the fruit of the Spirit might be evident in us. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's the ability to put up with some stuff. Self-control. That's the ability to control yourself, control your temper, not have a sharp fuse. Be gentle and loving and kind, amen, and patient and endure, praise God, to the glory of Almighty God, because it's to the glory of God. Amen? So in this place, God begins to massage our temperaments, and God begins to massage and work on our dispositions, and God begins to work on our attitudes, and God begins to work on our trajectories, our projections, and our desires, and he puts it all in check. We become content, and then God is ready to bestow a blessing and his favor on us when we have the content of his character at the forefront of our minds. So we produce some stuff here. Amen. The content of our character shifts radical love and the ability to share happens. Amen. 
This is a, a multi-million dollar facility. Amen, somebody. Couldn't have been done unless people came together and shared a common interest, a common goal, a common vision. Amen, somebody. And common resources coming to play, come into play, coming together uh, to make something happen. Some folk, they don't come because their resources are other places, and they have no intent of their resources coming to this place. Part of it is maybe some suspicion, some cynicism about the resources and their use. Amen, somebody. But part of it is just a selfishness. A desire to do what I want to do and do it the way I want to do it. I don't want to comply or, or conform or, or come under any rule or authority. A, 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 a spirit of rebellion, if you will. A maverick kind of spirit. And God says, I want us to be one, unified in heart and mind. And that's what these folk had in common. They say, the word says they had everything in common. And, and, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And with great grace, all was upon them. And, and no need was unmet among them, praise God. And they sold land and houses. And the proceeds were sold. And they laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as who had need. Amen. So when we come together, we're better together. We can move toward meeting needs in our communities. We can move toward letting our light shine. We can move toward outreach and mission, a missional thrust that God is pleased with. And we're better together as a result of collaborating and partnering and co-mingling what God has given us. Not just financial resources, talents, gifts, skills, abilities, expertise, resources, exposures, backgrounds, experiences, collaborate to make a strong community. Amen, somebody. They come together. We come together to share. Is that possible today? Hmm? Is that almost dead? Or do we believe God for revival? Amen? Of the faith ethic that pushes us to go together. You know, we can't do this in isolation. You know, you can't even do life in isolation. If you isolate somebody, if they're, solit if they're solitary in their lack of attention, they go crazy. Amen. We are built for community. We are built to do life together. I don't care how shy or timid or, you know, introverted you are, you're still built for community. Amen. If, you, if you're a little more quiet, that means, that means meant you're built more for listening. That's okay, too. But don't be, think you're supposed to be built for isolation. You're not built for isolation. None of us are. We're built to be in community. We're built to be in fellowship with one another. We're built to build on what God is building. And God builds through his church. And God, make no mistake about it, God loves the church of Jesus. He loves it. He gave, the word says, the word clearly says that Jesus gave his life for the church. That's you and I. That's the people of God. He gave his life for the church. And the word says that the church is his bride. What does that mean? That means the church is his primary object of affection. Amen. The church is his body. I hope you love your body. 
Amen. I love and appreciate my body. God gave me this body. Amen. I'm trying to take good care of this body that God gave me. Amen, somebody. Jesus loves his body, takes care of his body. Amen. He has compassion and concern for his body, and he calls us his body. Amen. Isn't that something? The word says that he takes up residence in us. He occupies us. Isn't that something? He would come go with us on the journeys that we take him on sometimes, the places that we take him sometimes, the mood swings that we have he with us anyhow. We can take him, you know, the highs and lows, and we can take him to zero to 1,000. Amen. But he's still in us. He's like, man, they got, a, they, got a, they got a stink attitude today, and I got to walk with this. <laughs> Amen. They, they, they in a funk. I got, I got to stick with this. But he still occupies us. See, the word says, wow, you were yet in sin. He died for you. And the word says about how he's, we're, he's grafted onto us like a poisonous tree, you know, and, and a source of medicine and healing. Connected to something that's corrupted, something that's polluted, something that's poisonous. You know, what, what healthy something would connect with something that's unhealthy? Jesus is altogether healthy, but he connects with our unhealthiness. Amen, somebody. That's like you take a, a tree that's dying and diseased, you know, and you connect a good tree to it. You know, if an orange tree out there can get a certain disease, a certain disease, and they'll shut the whole, uh, what you call that, grove down. They'll shut the whole thing down because that one tree got that particular disease. And it's so, you know, potent and powerful and impactful for the whole grove that, that no longer, you know, can any fruit in that, gro in that grove be considered edible. Amen. But here Jesus is. He arrives on the scene. Sinners, aloof, away, indifferent, sometimes cold and callous, rejecting him. Amen, somebody. But he said, but, but the word of God says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Amen. Here, we reject him, but he says, I'm still the only thing that can be the pillar, the foundation for your life. And if you draw unto me, if you come unto me, if you take my yoke upon you, he says, my yoke is easy, praise God, and I'm here to bring you rest for your soul. So connect with me, and I'll heal you from the inside out. Connect with me, and I'll renew your mind. Connect with me, and I'll bless your soul. Connect with me, and I'll give you insight, wisdom, joy, strength, and tenacity to fight on. You'll be able to fight the good fight of faith against all kinds of odds and obstacles, you'll continue to have hope and love and faith and trust because you know that God has not brought you this far to leave you, that God has promised to be with you to the end, praise God, that we serve a good God who walks with us. Manuel, God with us. Praise God. So he ushers in something new, radical love, the ability to share our faith, Amen? And there's a reason for it. <clears throat> See, when my faith is alive, my witness comes alive. Praise God. When my faith is alive, my testimony is birthed. Amen? When, I, when my faith is alive, 
all my ups, downs, highs, and lows are tethered to or connected to God. So I began to be able to describe my context in a God-like manner. Amen? That God brought me through, that God gave me this, that God opened that door, that God healed my body, that God gave me that job, that God saved my house, that God opened the door for me to get that car, that God sent a relationship, that God healed a relationship, that God reconciled me to him, that God filled me, praise God, with the power of his majesty and his might. Under the anointing of the Spirit of Christ, I feel and have experienced the power of my God, and so my witness is empowered. Amen? When I connect, amen, when I choose his side, my witness is empowered. When I began to embrace this radical love, I produced something. And that, that thing I produce is my witness, my testimony. So greater unity comes when we're on God's side. Amen. When we can express seeing God. You know, did you have a God sighting today? Amen. Did you have a God sighting yesterday? Amen. You should be having God sightings on the regular. Amen. I see God. I sense God. I discern God. He's speaking to me. He's whispering. He's, he's discerning things for me. He's revealing truth. He's, 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 he's disclosing that which is disclosed. He's revealing that which is concealed. That's what God does for his children. You know, if you don't have the connect. You're going to be walking around blind. And we are very blind. Amen. You can't see around the corner. Amen, somebody. But God sees it all from beginning to end. He sees it in a comprehensive way. So he wants to show us the way. Matter of fact, he self-describes himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. I am the way, the truth, and the life, praise God. That's the God we serve. He is the way. And so if you want to know the way, you got to get in the way, praise God. And he is the way, praise God. So ultimately, my faith then becomes this magnet. Amen. This charisma that God begins to build in me after shaping and molding and working on my temperament, my attitude, my disposition, my personality, my character. He builds these traits in me that become attractive for him. We all have certain levels of charisma. We all do. In other words, we all have attracting power. The question is, are we attracting people to Jesus? Most people spend their lives attracting people to themselves attracting people to what they have an interest in but they don't become pointers they don't become a signpost they don't become a source of advertisement and promotion they don't become the primary marketer a walking billboard for Jesus amen but when that temperament and attitude begins to change, I ain't saying you got to have it all the way together, but it, when, when it begins to change, people know it's something miraculously working on the inside of you. And they're like, hey, I'm attracted to that.
because that's sustainable. All the rest of it is going to fade and fail. All the rest of it is going to change over time. I, you can be attracted to someone's outward appearance, but it's going to change over time. Amen, somebody. But when that inward person begins to change, when that inside person receives the anointing of God, when that inside person begins to transform, something new happens. A new type of charisma is birthed. A new type of attracting power is birthed that God wants us to use the power that he's given to him, to you and I, for good, for his good. Amen. To build the kingdom. To grow the church of Jesus Christ. To expand the influence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To let the world know what Jesus did on that cross. That he died for our sins. Have you told that story? Are you able to tell that story? Are you willing to tell that story in such a way that your life shows it and demonstrates it and displays it? so that the church is no longer fractured. The church is alive and unified as a result of people being of one mind and heart, praise God. One mind, one heart, one purpose, praise God, to lift up Jesus. Amen. There's so many distractions, so many preoccupations, so many things that can prevent us from choosing him and beginning this path of being a fruitful witness for him. That's my prayer for this community for 2019. My prayer is that you get your spiritual swag. Did you hear me? It doesn't that sound exciting? I tried to, I tried to couch it where, where you know, it's, it's hip and popular. You know, where you, where you feel like it's something worthwhile for, for this generation. Amen, somebody. Well, you get your spiritual swag on. Hey, Amen. I'm looking at y'all now. Look at, look at, just all blinged out, beautiful attire, beautiful hairdos. Show me them nails. Beautiful nails. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Beautiful nails. Hey, Amen. You got some swag and some glamour, some fashion, some style. Hey, Amen, somebody. I'm praying that we get some spiritual swag. Amen, somebody. That's, that's my prayer. My, my, my prayer is that you ain't just looking good on the outside, but you're also starting to look good on the inside. That, that people are attracted to what's on the inside of you, not, not to what you have, not to your backstory, not to your pedigree, not to your experience and exposures that make you the top of the whatever. God is calling us to show him. God is show, calling us to demonstrate him. God is calling us to point to him. God is calling us to lift up Jesus. And the word of God says, and if I be lifted up, I'll draw. Somebody say draw. Draw all men, women, boys, and girls to him. So I'm praying that that swag just hits you, that, that attractiveness comes on you, that this fruitfulness and faithfulness comes in you, praise God, so that others might know Jesus and be attracted to the faith. Won't you stand all over the house? Crying all the time, having a pity party, that ain't swag. Complaining, grumbling, mumbling, that ain't swag. Amen. Unable to handle any little issue or problem, that ain't swag. But God gives you the power to walk upright 
to keep your head straight and erect. To have an attitude that it's going to be all right. That's what God does. The word says all things work together for the good. Not that all things are good, but all things work together for the good for those that love God. But don't, don't get it twisted. You got to have love for God. Not love for the world. It's two different things. Love for God and love for the world. There's a lot of scriptures on this page. Look at that. And it talks about the difference between the love for God and the love for the world. And believe me, majority of people have this love for the world. And the word of God says, that's why it says, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go therein. That's what the scripture says. In other words, there's this broad road that many go down, and it's a destructive road. But then there's this narrow road. Amen, somebody. When he, work on, he works on inside of us, praise God, he transforms us to be light for him. I didn't say be perfect. I said to be light for him. Amen. To be light for him. He calls us to be that light. So the question is, are you letting your light shine? That's what that means, to have spiritual swag, to let your light shine. The old folk used to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. And they had, a, they had a point, didn't they? Amen. To let your light shine before men. The word of God says that they say may see your good works and not glorify you, but glorify the Father who's in heaven. He's calling us to this place where we let our light shine. Amen. And we choose sides. Choose you this day. Whom will you serve? Will God be God? Will Jesus be Lord? Will the Holy Spirit be your director and your teacher and your guide? Amen. Or will Google, the oracle of everything, be your guide? The Holy Spirit wants to be greater than Google. Amen. And wants to be greater than any source of information or knowledge. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into all truth, the real truth, the truth of Jesus, the truth of the joy that we can have in Christ for the joy of the Lord is my strength amen so you know it's playoff time some of us have selected some teams ain't gonna lose ain't gonna win but you die hard that's your die hard selection amen somebody I'm asking you to make a selection today for a team that will not lose that will not let you down, that will not disappoint, that will not have seasons of ups and downs and highs and lows, amen, that will not deceive or trick or, you know, in any way lead you astray. The team of Jesus is the winning team. And not only is it winning now, it's winning well into the future. Even when it looked like it was losing, it was winning. Even when it looked like it was losing, it was winning. Even when it looked like 
Jesus was dying that ignominious death on the cross. He was winning for us, praise God. He can snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat, praise God. You're talking about a, 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 an immaculate reception, amen. You're talking about an immaculate conception through Jesus. In Mary, the Son of, Son of, Son of God came forth into the world to bless our socks off to make us into champions and victors and winners, to make us more than conquerors, to make us truly triumphant. And I invite somebody today to make the choice for him. Every heart praying all over the house, we invite you to step out on faith, to come forward in this game, to make a decision for him today, to choose sides. In this case, you maybe you've already selected a relationship with him. But now, now is time for you to connect with his church, his family, his fold, his fellowship, his body, his bride. Amen. Made up of imperfect vessels, but it's still the vessels that he's going to use to promote what he's doing. We're, we're in the business of talking about and talking up Jesus. Amen, somebody. And we should all be in that business together. When we invest and involve, we become one heart and mind committed and connected to a family that pushes the envelope and pushes the, 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 the agenda forward to the glory of Almighty God. So we invite you to connect with this house, this house that's on the road. Been on the road for 15 years in March. We're on the road and it does not yet appear what God's going to do and be through us. But we're on the road to making a difference. We're on the road to changing lives. We're on the road to a missional and an outreach thrust that makes an impact to the glory of Almighty God. And we invite you to get connected to our community that God has birthed. Rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Come now. We're going to worship for a few moments and you're invited to come. Come on, come on. High and lifted up. We want to see High and lifted up. High and lifted up. Lift it up. Come on. Come on. Lift him up. Lift him up. Pray him up. Praise him. Want to see him high, 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 high lifted up. Every heart praying. Every heart praising. We invite you to come. Decision making time. Step out on faith. Let him have his way in you today. If you're new in our community, seeking a church home, we invite you to come. We invite you to come. Every heart praying. In the name of Jesus. He's high and lifted up. 
is there one? You're in our midst today. We invite you to make a decision to connect, to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to let him have his way in your life today. Don't put this off. Don't procrastinate. Don't delay. Come now on this first Sunday of this new year, the year of our Lord, 2019. We invite you to connect and make a decision.